there seems like there's a lot more anger lately uh, because I think stressors are increasing. Talking anger today, that's Mark Westman at Riverbend Counseling. He was on the start this morning with Mackling, McGeary, and McNabb. Joining us now, Jessica LaRusso, training director and credibility expert at Good Company, uh, in Good Company Etiquette Academy. Jessica, good morning. Hello, Hal. It's such an honor to be with you again. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. It's been a while. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. First of all, uh, and I've got lots of questions for you, and I've saved lots of time, so we've got lots of time to get into this. First of all, uh, just personally, do you feel like we're seeing more anger out there? I I feel that way. Well, I feel that way as well. I uh, believe, you know, part of it's technology, part of it's the lack of social skills or socialization, plus the pandemic has really um, put a wrench into things, whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, people still aren't getting back to their normal routines. They're still fearful. Um, Even even going to fun events, they usually do. They're scared around people. And we need people. So anger, behaving yourself, treating other people with civility and kindness, uh, it's a skill we need to learn again. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and I agree that there are many reasons. Social media, you, you talked about technology, the pandemic, I think, played a role. There's lots of reasons for it. And I think when somebody comes at you with anger, which we, we agree we're seeing more of it, when somebody comes at you with anger, you can react with anger, and that will usually take the temperature much higher. Or I think uh, anger's out there. If you are faced with it, I think you have to try and approach it differently and bring the temperature down. So what's your best advice? If anger's coming at you, how do you lower that temperature? Absolutely. You know, you don't know what people have gone through. Maybe they, um, I, I don't know, they were in traffic and then they were stressed or they didn't have enough time. And, and we can't be judgmental, but when someone is is angry and it's focused at you where it was the, uh, a them problem now it's a you problem and you really really need to address it and i completely agree with you de-escalating a situation is what's important and not uh treating rudeness with rudeness or coming up with a acute comment is the worst thing you can do that's another level of rudeness uh people think it's a smart thing to do please do not do it what you need to do is, first of all, understand that you, you can't be judgmental. If someone comes at you, they're rude. You just need to understand that maybe there has been some challenges that they've had during the day, whether big or small. You don't know what they're dealing with. So you need to just stop and give yourself a, a minute or a break or a pause and then do something that calms yourself down, whatever that is. Some people count to 10. Some people breathe. Some people just smile at someone. Um, I like to say, hmm, that's interesting, you know, to give myself a moment to, to, to pause and be calm before I start uh, to engage. And another thing, too, is that you really don't know what the person's gone through. So honestly, do not take it personally. This, you're just in the line of fire, and you just happen to be the person who's there at the time. So really, you can't take it personally at all. And then... Another challenge is, is that depending on the situation, whether it uh, is someone just is lashing out at you 
or is it something that uh, a person that you need to decide what to do, whether you're going to confront it, um, you need to take, you need to decide what to do. If it's someone that's being angry, say, um, outside, you don't know this person, they've, they've cut you off in the grocery aisle or, or made a rude comment uh, while driving or something like that, you don't go chase them down, you, you just pause. You, you try and de-escalate those kind of situations. So, for example, I think the last conversation I had was uh, rudeness in a movie theater where um, what do you do when people are talking? Well, you get the manager to deal with it because, of course, it's their theater. You do not have the right to, to uh, I, I guess, engage or um, teach someone how to, how to be respectful. Mm-hmm. However, if it's somebody you know, and you need to you need to um, deal with it. Um, you have a choice whether you're going to forget it, let it go, or you're going to address it. But here's the thing: you need to address it because you teach people how to treat you. And if if someone, whether that's focused or unfocused rudeness. If you decide that you're going to let it pass and they continue to treat you rudely because that's just the way you want to be treated, you know, that's on you. So you have to decide and really think about how you're going to address that person and have the conversation, whereas what you said or what you did was um, didn't make me feel very good. I found it rude. And I like, personally, I like to say, I know you didn't mean to do it because I I don't want to embarrass the other person. I don't want them to feel bad about themselves. So I make sure I put that comment in there. Then I talk about it. We find a solution and then I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to pause. Sorry, I could go on and on. But yeah, well, that's I'm gonna, okay. I'm I'm just, I just I want to make sure I get my questions in. I, I think though, when you know, if somebody comes at you with anger and you go at them with anger, you return the anger. It almost says your behavior is okay. I think if you then react calmly and say, "Why are you getting upset?" You know, here's here's the situation, whatever it happens to be. I think it then points out to them that maybe their behavior is not appropriate. Absolutely. And, you know, we we all have bad days where, you know, we 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 say things where we're upset and, and, you know, with with those stress. It's really important to understand that when someone treats you rudely, it takes about four hours to calm down from that incident. So. You know, even though something directly didn't happen to you, witnessing anger or witnessing some incivil act or or act of violence, I I like to say, because it is kind of verbal violence or physical violence, um, you need time to calm down. So having that conversation, having that pause, discussing things, but treating treating the comment or the situation with rudeness only escalates the situation. And you talked about standards. If you live the way you want to become, and so therefore when we talk about standards and the way of of being, have that kindness, have that professionalism, behave in a manner because, again, you teach people how to treat you. And, of course, I want to be treated respectfully, so regardless of the situation, I am always going to treat the other person with the utmost respect and care. And and I think you're absolutely right. You've said it a couple times. 
somebody might just be having a bad day. I think you have to realize that that, listen, we're, you know, we're talking inflation and housing challenges, trying to pay the mortgage, trying to pay the rent. There's a lot going on in people's lives right now, health issues, who, who knows? And so we also need to cut that angry person that we encounter a bit of slack, I think, as well. I, you, you mentioned that a couple of times, and I think that's really important. Final 30 seconds, Jessica, let's wrap this up. What do you, what do you want to say uh, that you haven't already said about anger issues and dealing with anger? Yes. What I want to say is when you get annoying phone calls about uh, someone wants to fix your furnace or something like that, remember, regardless of what that phone call is, the person on the other end is a person. And all you have to do is say, no, thank you, and hang up. You don't have to treat the person badly or come up with a funny whatever. You just say, no, thank you, and you hang up. Just like if you have a problem with a service, you can communicate your problem or challenge or bad service or whatever it is with respect towards the staff. And ultimately, I find when I um, do have those uh, exchanges that are polite and respectful, that the outcome is so much better. Last, I want to tell you, you know what, if someone does a great job, tell them and compliment them and tell their manager or boss. There you go. Yeah, reward good behavior and reward a good job. Jessica, thanks. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. You too. Jessica LaRusso is training director and credibility expert at In Good Company Etiquette. Thank you, Sarah. And Sarah, just a heads up, I am already getting people sending me questions for our new feature, Sarah Says, where you will be offering advice to people who need it. So be prepared. We're going to be doing that soon. Okay. Just (laughs) letting you know that it's it's catching fire. It's catching fire with the listeners. Looking forward to it. Uh, me too. It's either going to be wonderful or a car wreck, <laughs> one or the other, and we'll uh, and both and both will actually kind of be entertaining, right? Exactly. Even if it's uh, horrible advice, and you you suck at giving advice. Uh, you know, I'll come in and clean up the mess, and Guess it'll we'll be fine. See. It'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Thank Al. you. Sarah will be back at eleven thirty uh, with another newscast for you. We've got lots to get to here in the second half of the show. Final hour of the show. Uh, Update on the wildfire situation in Canada, in B.C. and the Northwest Territories. We'll do that in 15 minutes. We'll talk anger again after 11.30 with Winnipeg psychologist Dr. Toby Rutner. And uh, I also want to talk about the Republican debate tonight. The first Republican debate. Donald Trump will not be there. He is not taking part. And, by the way, Jeff Forche, did we get a winner to Tough Trivia? Yes, we certainly did. Bill... Bill, enjoy the Santa Lucia pizza. Bill will be eating the Santa Lucia pizza, which is the answer to the tough trivia question. Men spend about 42 minutes more eating each week than women do. Uh, That's the answer to tough trivia. Joining us on the phone now, uh, Megan Belgobin, the author of a new book called The Talking Ducks. Megan, good morning. Good morning, Hal. Thank you for having me on. 
Well, thank you for t- sending me an email and, and telling me about your new book. And I love this when uh, people reach out and listeners and, and tell me their story. So this book, um, yeah, I'm going to ask you to tell me about it. You say it's entertaining and educational. It's a new children's book. It's first in a series, so you're hoping there will be more. And yeah. um, you're a university student now, but you actually uh, wrote the story when you were seven years old, and then over the years it it grew. You edited it, and and you published it, and and now it's out. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> cool. Uh, so obviously, at seven, you loved ducks, and you started writing a story. But that love must have continued for you now, as a young woman, to publish this book. Yeah. So actually. We all. When I was uh, seven years old, I was in the, my class, and we each had an assignment to make a story. And so I chose to do this story, um, and it was it was more than just a, a school project for me. Like I I wanted to eventually get it published. It was always my dream, and my mom really encouraged me. Um, and so finally, I, I saved up enough money, and and then in my during my grade twelve year, I started the publication process, and it was officially published um, during my first year of university, January sixth, twenty twenty. Yeah, and so basically it's the story of a family of talking ducks, uh, and it follows their migration journey, right? Yes, yeah, and they their journey and their adventure as they make their way um, to their migration spot. Uh-huh. Um, listen, I am a fan of children's books. I haven't seen the book. I've seen the cover of this book. It, it looks really, uh, really cool, and, and I'm sure kids must love it. Uh, uh, tell us a bit about the story and, and your love of ducks. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the story, just, it follows this family. Um, they, they get into different um, situations as they're um, going along their migration journey, and it just talks about how they handle it and go through it and um it's not only is it fun and entertaining for the children and families parents too can enjoy the book um but it's also educational a lot of our younger readers might not know the concept of migration yet or the the term migration um so it talks about that and so it's also educational and i think everyone would enjoy it Mm -hmm. you're living in lockport um your parents must be proud your parents came to manitoba from south america and now their their daughter is a published author yes thank you they are very proud (laughs) excellent how can people get the book if they want it for a a kid or or a grandkid how can they get the book um, they can get it anywhere online. It's available at all online retailers, Amazon, Indigo.com, um, freezingpress.com slash bookstore. That's the publisher. So if you order from there, it'll come directly from the publisher. Mm-hmm. And the book is called The Talking Ducks by Megan Balgobin. Um, yes. What was it like publishing self-publishing the book? What, what was that process like? I mean, you know, the story was originally written at seven and, you know, it's taken many years. I love the story. What was it like to then decide, yeah, I'm going to publish this and now have the book out there? Thank you. Yeah, it was a big decision, um, especially when I was that young. It, it was a big decision for me to decide, you know, I'm going to actually do it. Um, I was encouraged a lot by my mom. That really helped. And, um yeah, I did it. It was a long process. Um, I think it was around 16 months. Um, and, you know, a lot of back and forth, you know, editing um, the story and then editing the illustrations. Um, but it it was a really rewarding process, and I would totally do it again um, as I'm planning to for my second book. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good for you. I'm a fan of ducks, by the way, too. I love <laughs> ducks. So when I saw awesome. the email come in, I had to have you on for a couple minutes. Megan, thanks a lot. Thank you so much.
But back to anger. Joining us now, Dr. Toby Rutner, Winnipeg psychologist. Toby, good morning. Good morning, Hal. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thanks for doing this. You and I were texting this morning, and you said, yeah, I, I am seeing more people at my practice who are having to deal, wanting to deal with anger issues. Tell me about it. That's correct. Well, life has become very difficult. Uh, we're stressed, and depending on your personality type, some people respond to the uncertainty and worry and stress by getting angry and externalizing it, and they have a, they have a blow-up. There are other people who, when they feel that way, they suppress that anger, and it results in what are called psychosomatic symptoms. They get migraine headaches, they get irritable bowel syndrome, and they have physiological problems, depending on how we deal with the anger, whether we express it or whether we repress it. That's interesting uh, that it relates to a person's personality. That, that makes sense to me. Well, there are those people in the world who get headaches, and there are those who give headaches, and it's better to be a giver than a taker. Hmm. So, yeah, we, we respond to stress very differently. Uh, some people feel very guilty uh, about expressing anger, so they don't even acknowledge that they're angry. They might acknowledge that they're irked or miffed or frustrated, but not angered. But society yeah. and life has become very difficult and very uncertain. We're still experiencing the problems uh, of getting back to normalcy. Uh, after the pandemic, uh, people who have been used to working from home are now being pressured to go back to the office. They don't want to do that. Uh, prices of everything are going up, and the average person can feel very helpless and frustrated. And some people express that in terms of anger, uh, a lot of interpersonal conflict at home, domestic abuse, uh, things like that. And other people are just suffering internally and end up in the psychologist's office. Continuing with your thought that, you know, different personalities react differently, and you mentioned the pandemic, there are some people now after COVID-19 who are taking life, um, it's not a big, nothing's a big deal to them anymore. That, that changed, uh, the pandemic changed it for them. Um, they're more relaxed. Uh, they almost have a, I don't give a damn attitude. And then others are wound up, as my dad used to say, tighter than a $3 watch. Well, that's right. Some people um, habituate to the crisis. Uh, we survived the diphtheria epidemic. We survived uh, in the 50s the polio epidemic. And after a person has been through it and suffered from it, their view of life changes a little bit. It's like there are those things that I can control, I will, and there are those things that are beyond my control, but I don't want my, to make myself sick worrying about it. Now, I have a concern that now we're seeing a resurgence of COVID again, and I think there are those people that will be emotionally triggered by that, and there'll be those who are still wearing face masks driving alone in their car who will feel validated about their concerns. So it, it's going to uh, continue this way for a little while, I think. And depending I, I on do your think... person. 
Good. Yeah, I was just I was just going to say I I do think and and we're hearing about more cases of COVID as we head into into fall as the as the weather changes and it is going to be interesting I think to watch and see um, how people react to that as we go back to at least some more cases than we're used to of COVID nineteen. Talk to me about anger in politics because. Um, I hear there's anger towards me as a member of the media that wasn't there in the past. There's anger toward politicians. I understand that anger, but there's also a limit, Toby. And I feel like sometimes those lines are being crossed. Well, I think that uh, what happens is the general population has come to distrust the media. And they've come to distrust or they've learned that they can't trust politicians. So many of us uh, feel really frustrated um, and have mixed feelings about what's going on. Some people have just withdrawn completely and decided I'm not going to take part in this. And as things move forward uh, with elections uh, in nominations for the Republicans uh, happening uh, very soon, it's become uh, really more an emotional rather than a logical policy issue. So mm-hmm. people are now voting with their hearts rather than with their heads. Yeah, yeah, it's it definitely is different. That's for sure. Hey, um, they had on the start this morning, our morning show, a uh, person from Riverbend Counseling, Mark Westman, and he was asked if there's a connection between anger and depression. Um, talk to me, and, and his comment was, well, anger is usually uh, a symptom or, or shows up and representing something else. And I guess maybe for different people it can be different things, eh? Well, uh, it's generally believed that depression is anger turned inward. So when we're in a situation and we're feeling angry and frustrated and we don't express it or act on it and we keep it inside we end up being angry with ourselves and then we get depressed. We feel depressed. We have symptoms of we're not motivated to do anything. We feel sad. Our ability to enjoy life suffers. And so these are some of the uh, systems of depression. We, we have difficulty concentrating and focusing and making decisions. We, it upsets us to the point where it disturbs our ability to get to sleep and get a restorative sleep at night. It affects our appetite. So all of these things are manifestations of depression. And depression can be seen as either a chemical imbalance or it can be seen as anger turned inward. And I think that's what we're experiencing. We're experiencing the reactions that different types of people have to those kinds of situations in which as a society we're feeling more poor than we have before the price of everything is going up and there's nothing we can do about it and it makes some people feel really angry and it makes other people feel really helpless and frustrated Mm -hmm. i was talking to uh, another guest earlier about how when you're faced with anger somebody comes at you with anger you have a choice of uh, reacting with anger and maybe things get really heated really fast or you can try and bring the temperature down. What's your best advice about two things, bringing the temperature down in a situation like that 
And then if you find yourself angry, what are some tips that you use in your practice, Toby, to help people bring their anger, lower that temperature, bring their anger under control and lower that temperature? Well, the, the, in the first situation, it would, it's always better to attempt to de-escalate a situation where someone is angry with you and coming after you instead of getting defensive or instead of going on the offense to be able to um, defuse the situation. And we can do that by acknowledging and validating the person's feelings, uh, like saying to the person, you seem very angry with me. What's, what's going on? Tell me about it, rather than immediately uh, reacting defensively or aggressively. So I think that's always a better first solution before you go into attack mode. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, what happens is we're we're finding ourselves uh, a society of people who who are not experienced at interpersonal communication with each other because we do it all in text now. And we do it all on Facebook now. So yeah. very rarely, because we would say things about people on Facebook that we would never say to their face. So true. So, so then when faced in a real-life situation with another human being, it's almost like we've forgotten how to be civil. We've <laughs> yeah. forgotten how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when it's I, true. When, and So when I see people in my office who come here voluntarily or are sent by someone for anger management, it's generally a person who feels frustrated and doesn't really know how to express it in such a way that it gets validated where they can then process what's upsetting them. They end up having to be, um, to really be screaming. It'd be like sending someone a text in all caps. So I think that because we've been spending so much time on, on, on media, and we've been spending less and less time interacting with each other, that it's become kind of a, a strange thing, almost like cursive handwriting, uh, an ancient art that has been uh, <laughs> discontinued. So it'd be nice yeah. if we could talk to each other face-to-face to be able to read the person's body cues and the nonverbal gestures and see that they're joking or see that they're not joking. Yeah. Really good stuff, Toby. Thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Anytime, Hal. Bye-bye. Dr. Toby, Dr. Toby Rutner is a Winnipeg psychologist.